Hello, I'm James Wrigley, Principal and Financial Advisor at Melbourne-based financial advice firm First Financial. This is my first podcast on my own channel. Uh, the audio is taken from a presentation I delivered to the Melbourne Financial Planning Network uh, where we discussed uh, in a bit of an open forum uh, my experiences with the FASIA advisor exam. I hope you enjoy. Thanks. A bit of intro on the business and kind of where we sit. And so, we, so First Financial is the business. is about close to 50 staff here, it's about 20 authorised reps. Um, I'm, I'm an advisor, so just like the, the rest of you, I'm you know, not selling courses or anything like that, I'm an advisor that when I sat the exam, I put a video up on LinkedIn a few weeks back and it, and it went kind of pretty far and wide and then people have reached out and asked me questions ever since. So I'm not claiming to be anyone special, as I'm sitting here today, I don't even know if I've passed the exam. So I could very well could have to resit the exam. Um, that my understanding is that there's an eight week, eight week time frame from when you sit the exam to when you find out your results. So, yes, I've done the exam. Have I passed? I have no idea. Um, but I'll kind of share a bit about the the studying that I did beforehand, uh, what it looks like, what you, what to expect on the day. It's not going to be death by PowerPoint. I've got six or seven slides here that I'll run through and then kind of just open to questions if anyone's got anything after that. Um, so we we ran a session here this morning. We have a monthly all staff meeting. We ran a session here this morning with all of the advisors and associate advisors and other support staff. Uh, a lot of who will have to sit the exam uh, over the duration anyway. Some of these slides I've pinched from that presentation this morning. So there's been one sitting of the exam already. There's another couple scheduled between now and the end of the year. Uh, they give you a registration window which is up there on you'll see on the screen the next one is uh, kind of the, the second half of August the registration window is open for uh, and then you you pick a time essentially to to sit the exam so the, the exam runs over four or five days there's a morning session there's an afternoon session you pick a time and, and kind of go along go along to it uh, there's a webinar that we a few of us tuned into a couple of weeks ago I think the FPA was hosting that one and I think they mentioned there that there'll be another six sessions next year so throughout 2020 none of which yet have had dates published I would imagine it's every second month I would have thought uh, but there's at least two more between now and the end of the year something to just be mindful of and, and on, on the next slide we're encouraging the guys here to sit it sooner rather than later you can resit if you fail but you ha but you can't resit the you can't register to resit the exam if you've sat it in the last three months something along those lines which effectively means say I failed this first sitting I can't register for the next sitting that's available I'll have to wait for the one after so whilst you can resit it you can't just fail one and then resit in the next sitting it's going to take a bit of time um, so. We are encouraging all of the guys here to have had their first attempt by March of next year, just in case someone fails and it gives them a bit of time to resit. It's a big problem if you fail. So for existing advisors, there's all these transitional rules and you have to go and sit the exam. And, and you can, so long as you pass the exam for a period of time, it's business as usual before there's the extra education requirements. If you don't pass the exam by the end of the year, all of those transitional rules, just throw them in the bin. You have to start from scratch. 
you're back to your P plates, you have to do 15 or 1600 hours worth of worth of um, worth of sh- um, shadowed advising activity. Practically give up your clients to someone else whilst you uh, you go through that process for a year or two. So it's a big deal if you don't pass the exam by the end of the year. And it's a fair argument stacking up to say how is twenty odd thousand advisors supposed to sit an exam before the end of next year? Should they push out that? Should they push out the um, the completion date? Maybe, but we can only go by the rules that we know as at the moment, and that's you've got until the end of the year. So. If you don't pass it by the end of next year, it's a pretty big deal. Uh, so we were. This is a, a slide that we presented to the rest of the guys here this morning, encouraging them to sit it by March 2020, which gives a fair bit of time in case you need to resit. Um, we've got 20 or so authorised reps, and so we don't want everyone out of the office on the same day sitting the exam or taking a couple of days off beforehand to study to sit the exam. So we've asked that that gets we've asked uh, that that we s- sit it in groups of six advisors at a time. So depending on what your businesses look like, take take that idea. Maybe maybe not, but uh, we're trying to break it up. So we'll have six sit at the first this next one, six the one after, six in the first sitting in 2020 whenever that becomes available, and that will be the bulk of the advisors and associates that are authorised will have sat the exam by then and will have an idea of who's passed and who's failed. Um, yeah, and as I said just, just a minute ago, if you leave it to the last minute and you fail and you do the very last sitting and you fail, you're in a fair bit of trouble. You're going to have to start from scratch again. Um, the exam itself, now look, all, all of this is on the FASIA website and, and associated things that they've already published if you go looking hard enough for it. If you're anything like me, you probably haven't looked at much until you go and sit, go and register. So I, I didn't look at really anything until I decided to register, registered, and then went to look to see what what information was available. So it's just it's just on six hundred dollars to sit the exam. So six hundred just on six hundred dollar cost to sit the exam. Once you've once you've picked your time slot, there is some ability to move it around. So say you picked the first session on a Friday morning, for example, and something comes up, I think you can move it around a little bit, but it's pretty tight. The registration process is a bit to it. Um, so it's it's the whole thing's being run by ASA, I think is the, is the group, the, the people that run NAPLAN. So you got to register through their you register through their website, generate a username and password. It's not through the FPA, it's not through FASIA. Like you link through, you can go through the FASIA website and it links you through, but you ultimately end up on a website that's not a FASIA website to, to register for it. Um, so you put in all of your basic details, you have to upload a photo. So the security on this is incredibly tight. Like I've sat truckloads of exams through school and uni and other studying since. Never before have I sat an exam where the security was as tight as what this is. So you've got to upload, you upload a photo at the point of registration. Don't they trust us? No, <laughs> seems like they don't. So you upload a photo at the point of registration. Uh, then a, a few days before you actually go to sit the exam, they'll email you your what they call your ticket. You have to print it off on paper. So don't bring it on your phone. Don't bring it on your iPad. You have to walk in there with a piece of pa- printed piece of paper. It's got all your basic details. It's printed out your photo. You front up with your um, with your driver's license. 
uh, and, and go up to the couple of people that are there at registration. They tick you off a list, so they have a list that has your photo and your name and details, so there's photos everywhere to match it all up. And they hand you a piece of paper that has your, uh, your username and password for accessing the system. Go and tell you to you know, sit in the waiting room for a little while and then eventually go into the room full of um, computers. Sit at the desk. All you're allowed to take with you when you go to sit the exam is the piece of paper that they've given you and your driver's license just in case they want to double check who you are. So no pens, no pads, no phones, no nothing. Leave, leave your bag at the front of the room. Put your drink bottle on the table at the front of the room. Don't bring your drink bottle to the to your desk and uh, just take your piece of paper that has a username and password on it they give you a pen uh, and then that's it if you run out of paper you, you practically don't have to write anything it's not a calculations exam it's, an, it's by and large an ethics exam um, so yeah they, you take your piece of paper they give you a pen nothing else read out all of these instructions at the start so that everyone's getting the same message and then kind of you log in and they step you through a few screens there's a video that FASIA have provided which steps you through all of this. It runs for about seven or eight minutes. If you haven't watched it already, watch it. I didn't watch it until the day before I sat in the exam and it answered a whole lot of questions that I had um, before before I went in there. So you take your registra registration ticket, print it on a piece of paper, your photo ID, they give you the username and password, take you into a room, sit you in front of a computer and then they step you through um, the instructions. Uh, you're not allowed to take anything else and they practically say if an alarm goes off in your watch you're in big trouble <laughs> right? so just it's um, yeah it's it's as I said I've never I've sat and I'm sure most of you have sat plenty of exams in your in, in your time I've never sat an exam that was as as tight as this yeah so yeah so it's um one of those one of those like function not a function space but assessment centers Clifton's, Clifton's that's yeah. the one is it so it's just up the other end of Collins Street from here uh, now they're all they're all all of them and you know Brisbane Sydney Hobart they're, they're dotted around kind of capital cities at this stage my understanding is there'll be some means for people in remote areas to log in and do it somehow next year but at the moment it doesn't exist you have to front up to one of the assessment centers uh, the one yeah the one in Melbourne and Collins Street so it's not just a tram so ride down from here oh you just put it in your bag make sure it's off like if, if your phone goes off I don't have to know I don't have to see what they do to you um, <laughs> <laughs> like the, the instructions that they read at the start so yeah so so, yeah you bring your back you bring your kind of your bag backpack whatever so everyone just bags and jackets and everything were just piled up at the front of the room and uh, yeah, raise your hand if you want to go and get a drink of water from your water bottle and they'll, they'll let you up to, to go and have a drink. Yeah, yeah, so they'll let, you come, they'll let you come and go. They give you... Yeah. <laughs> so it's a three and a half hour... So it's a three and a half hour window. 15 minutes of reading time, three hours, 15 to sit the exam and leave whenever you want I can't remember but I'm, but I'm sure there was a time period right towards the end where they said if you're here in the last say 15 minutes or something you're not allowed to leave so you're not distracting everyone else But so I'd, I le I'd left early I left after two and a bit hours I wasn't the first to leave there were a couple of others that left before me but most others were still sitting there whether they'd finished or not I've got no idea but 
I got to the point to say, look, it's a, it's a multiple choice exam. You're really going to go back and reread a multiple choice answer and change it. You know, there's, there's plenty of stuff that people have read to say if you're multiple choice answer, generally your, your, your first so guess is the best. Online, it? It's all online, yeah. So it's, it's and oh, that's, that's the next slide, you know, a couple of slides after. So I'll go, I'll go through that, but there's the, the, on the next slide. So there's, there's three areas, the bits that you'll see underlined there. So financial advice, regulatory and legal obligations, applied ethical and professional reasoning, reasoning and communication, uh, financial advice construction, and there's all of this detail is in this material that they've published. But there's, there's, you can see that there's like 16 kind of core areas that they're looking at in that ethical, in that ethical one there in the middle. Uh, so it, it's not a technical exam. It's if you go in there think this is a, thinking this is an ethics exam, you're going to be on the right track. There's, they're not asking you to calculate an age pension entitlement or what's a contribution limit or what's a de what's a deeming rates. It's, it's got nothing to do with that. It's all to do with the, with those three areas there. Is it when do you need? Based or partly, yeah. Do they give you scenarios where this happens? Which is the best way to treat it? Yeah. So they'll give you. So it's it's, it's case study. It, it, it's a, it's a case study style exam. So there's a practice question that FASIA have released already. That that's that's what it looks like. So there's a, there's this slab of text. Half a half a dozen or so questions after after you read that that relate to that slab of text, uh, and there'll be a mix of multiple choice. So pick A, B, C, or D. Uh, true or false. So the true or false are so each question for the question there might be say three true or false questions that you answer. It's not just the one true or false. So th three or four true or false questions, and then short answer. It'll say you know given this scenario, what are two questions that you might ask or what are two other things that you might want to know and uh, it'll it'll it tells you whether you need whether they're looking for one extra thing or they're looking for two points and it's all online so you type it in um, so you kind of tick box for the true false or multiple choice and then you type your answer into a box that they give you for um so this is just like a paragraph short answer questions it's not like you know, no it's not yeah I, they're not looking for pages and pages it like it'll, It'll say something along the lines of, "What are two questions that you would ask for in this situation, whatever the case study might have been?" And James, is the exam structure so that you know when you're moving from one section to the next, as in one grouping, or is it just it just flows? No, so it, it it just it just flows. So they've got. How I'd encourage you all to have a look at the video that they've yeah. that they've put up. Yeah. That that's that's really useful in that. There's a few screens, there's some introductory screens where it, it gives you some explanation on how to navigate the system. So what do the flow of questions look like? What materials are they providing? They tell you all of that beforehand. Yeah. But it's it's like you'll have this slab of text on the left-hand side and then as you tick through the questions, this, the, the panel on the right changes over. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that text is always there and the panel on the right changes over. There's some and it's got, they've got this in the, in, in the video as well, There's some of the questions, there might then be like a hyperlink back and it'll highlight a particular section of that case study that they're referring to yeah. to make it a bit easier for you. But yeah, it's a slab of text due to a case study, maybe half a dozen questions that tick through that are in some way, shape or form related to that. 
and and then you'll know when you move on because the whole screen just changes to some, something completely different. You know, yeah. you've moved on to the next section. And just right there, mm. um, so I've been going through the CFA program and it's, it's can be viewed as very theoretical and esoterical. Um, I was wondering how, how well does this content relate to your practice? So, you know, if you wanted to, obviously it's a compli uh, mandatory compliance program, yep. but if you look at what you're going through and the questions and the case studies and you go, well actually that will help my practice, how practical can it be applied to, you know, um, to offer a better advice to customers in this career. Look, I, I, I don't know if the intention of it is to help you provide better advice, but it's, cert it's certainly things that you would be dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis, whether it's client scenarios, whether you're questioning, is this general advice, is it personal advice, what, you know, what document do I need to issue, um, you know, what are some of the ethical questions that I need to be thinking about it, it a, a lot of it's to do with the interaction between or the overlay between FASIA's code of ethics and the corporations act that we've had to deal with up until well that's been kind of the, the, the bible up until recently now there's this code of ethics which goes over and above um, the corporations act so there's um, there's a there's there, there's a, f a fair bit of kind of overlay between that so you'll get this this slab of text and we'll say it'll then ask some questions about whether you're complying with the code of ethics or not and which section of the code of ethics might you have breached uh, is it section two is it section three is it section five or is it section seven have they breached yeah so, so you've got to know that stuff you've got to have common sense but you've also got to know which particular action yeah. that applies yeah. so it, it, I, I personally thought it's Common sense would have would would get you through to say this isn't right and that's not right. Like common sense would prevail there, but you then need to know. Well, yes, it doesn't stack up from a common sense point of view, but based on the rules that we need to abide by and these different codes and things, well, which section have they actually broken? It, it, from an ethical point of view, it completely stinks. Yes, you can you can you can see that from a mile away. But what are they actually breached? What are you What are you in trouble for? Um, and so, so you've, you've got to know that you don't. I don't know if you need to know the difference going in, but you need to know where to find the answers. Is 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 probably the way to frame it. So it's easy and to navigate. Yeah, yeah. So the the exam itself. So they they say they say it'll be at least sixty four multiple choice questions, and multiple choice is either A, B, C, or D, or true, false. Uh, and then at least six of these short answer questions. Where it'll say, you know, give me two examples of this, or one or two questions about that. Uh, I had more. I th I think I had seventy eight questions. Uh, uh, it's, it's the whole the whole thing because it's it's not a there, there's no pass or fail I think it's going to be standardized in some way shape or form the the results so it's, it's not as if you get half of the answers right you pass or it's not as if you don't need to get 70 percent is a is, is a pass so I think my well, my interpretation of it is that that they view that some some questions are easier than others so you might have more easy questions or less harder questions is my thinking of it after after sitting the exam. But yeah, I'm pretty sure I had more than seventy. I think it was seventy-eight. Um, uh, 
split between multiple choice and short answer, I have no idea, but, but yeah, so at least 64 multiple choice and at least six short answer. And that's what it says in the, like in the preparation material, it says you'll have at least, it doesn't say you'll have, you will have 64 multiple choice, you'll have at least 64. So you could have more, uh, more questions. Do you know if you're running the same exam and the same number of questions? No idea, no idea. So it's all, um, you know, everyone was, everyone in the room was terrorist and then dividers <laughs> up, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't see. Um, you couldn't see whether they had more or less questions and if they would ask the same question or not. Um, so case study style questions, as I said, uh, it's, open, it's open book. It's open book in the, in the sense that they provide you with materials. So you can't take stuff in. They provide you with what they, th what they think is relevant. And that, that picture there is just a screen grab from the very start of the, um, of the, the video that they've, that they've put together. So those materials are online, they're not... Oh. So they, yeah, they're there. So the, the layout of the, 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 the screen is you'll have a, there's a case study on the left, there's your questions on the right, up the top is a navigation bar to see how far along you are. And then there's a drop down thing there that says something like, oh, I can't even remember exactly what it says, but it, it, something along the lines of there's, there's the external material that's there. And so you click on it and you get this drop down there. So in the, in the, it does, yeah. <laughs> so they, they have, and and again in the video they tell you how to find the find, and there's a table of contents. They take you through, take you through all of that. But there's, so in the in their guide to preparing for the exam, there's all of this recommended reading. So there's recommended reading under each of those three different sections that are being assessed. There's recommended reading, and then there's extension reading as well. So they recommend you read all of these different things, but then not all of those are provided in the uh, in, in, in the materials that they provide you. So just be mindful of that. Don't go in there thinking, hey, they're going to give me everything that they've recommended I read, because they don't. And you can pretty quickly work out what they do and what they don't. They've told you the recommended reading, and they've provided this list of what they're going to give you um, to, uh, to answer some of the questions. So you'll, yeah various things on that on that list I you know, used at different points in time throughout the throughout the exam but yeah you can find you know the corporations act each of those extracts of the corporations act are in excess of 600 pages each I don't so know if you're really going to click gonna on that sorry then you key in the, word, the key word that you're looking for so, based on the question so you click on that you click on one of those say that where that, that where that pointer is the, the first volu volume five of the corporations act that pops up a PDF, yeah. uh, and then there, there's like a, a search function in there. Um, so you can do Control F, like you can do Control F, or there's a there's just a search box in there, uh, and there's a, a a toggle button to bring up a table of contents down the left hand side. So if you know roughly where it is, you can kind of scroll scroll to it. Did you spend a lot of time in that search? Did I offer for some questions? I did, yeah. Others I didn't. So some of the questions I just answered because I thought I knew the answer and moved on. And then there's others that I either left and came back to or I went through the material there. So, so questions where it was asking something detailed about the, um, uh, about the code of ethics. Certainly I, op I opened up the code of ethics. I'd read it plenty of times before sitting in the exam, but I opened it up so I made sure I had it in front of me to, to answer the question. Um, 
Yeah, so open open book to the extent that they give you some materials to uh, to to use. Um, there's there's some links to the different things. So there's a preparation guide that they've put together. There's an exam video. There's a practice exam, and then there's this candidate information booklet which you're all given. Yeah, yeah, you can all find it on their website. There's a section on preparing for the exam. It's it's all there. Um, so I guess even if you've even if you're not thinking of doing it in this next sitting, I'd suggest you go and have a look at that at, at, at the very least and just know what's there. Um, and then you can do an assessment as to how much time do you have to do all the reading that they're recommending between now and whenever the next next exam sitting is. James, you made a comment on LinkedIn. Mm. Someone wrote about this 1,000 pages. Yeah. And, and you, you made a comment, I think, where you said you don't have to read the whole. Thing. Well, so yeah, so that that was more that was more to the Corporations Act. Yeah. So the two extracts of so each of those two points at the top. So this, it's Chapter 7 of the Corporations Act, Volume 4 and Volume 5. Each of those alone are in excess of 600 pages. So you've got 12, 1300 pages there of legislation. I suppose up to you whether you think it's valuable use of your time to read 1300 pages of legislation or not, or know that it's there and you can do a search if you really need to. Um, the, the other the other recommended reading that they do is nowhere near any th that long. Like the code of, code of ethics is three pages or something like that, and then there's the legislative instrument that goes with it is four pages, or whatever. and there's some regulatory guides and things that they've recommended reading, which are which are a well, bit longer. That but that was a good question. So uh, I've seen on LinkedIn just generally that people yep. are recommending RG one seven five, RG two four four, two four six. Yep. Is that kind of because they're pulled from the Corporations Act effectively? Yep. Um, is that kind of a, a more targeted way, do you think, of, well, yeah. of yeah. approaching There's one of them, and I can't remember which one it was, that I found really useful. It was it was a whole lot of ex a whole lot of examples, best interest yeah. type e examples. So the, the advisor did this, and we thought it was in the client's best interest because of that. Or the advisor did this, and we didn't think it was in the client's best interest because of, because of something else. So I found that really useful. I, fortunately read that one the morning of sitting the exam it was the last the, the last thing that i had and i'm glad i did yeah. uh, because that yeah uh, i guess that that's kind of case study examples yeah. this is why we think it's in the best interest and this is why and that's kind of along the yeah. lines of what that, the exam looks like that that was kind of the flavor of the exam as well. absolutely yeah 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 and so i guess there's, there's been a lot of criticism for the practice exam or practice question that's been been that's been published. Um, I, yeah, so I, I wouldn't, I guess any, anyone that's asked me about it, I've, I've said to them, don't get caught up in whether it's aged care and do you know about aged care or not. Don't worry so much about that. Just take it as the flavor and the style of the questions and what it's gonna look like. That's what to take more from it. So they, they give you the practice exam, well, it's really just a practice question. I wouldn't call it a practice exam. Yeah. The practice question, they then give you, they give you the answers. So if you say, well, the question looks like this, and they're happy with an answer that looks like that, you, you kind of get the idea of what they're going to be asking, what they're looking for in terms of your response. So don't get too caught up in whether you know about aged care or not. And there's people criticising that there's a lot to do with powers of attorney and the rules differ in different states. Don't get caught up in, in that. It's, it's more, what does it look like?
and, and, and it'll put you on the right path. Is that the only uh, reference point in terms of the look and feel of the exam? Like, you know, for other types of exams, there's, there's providers that do test exams. You know, they sign mm. here for 100 questions and answers and you get experience. Yeah, look, so there's, there's plenty of people out there that, that are running courses and happy to take your money to do, you know, do my 90-day do my course or buy my this or buy my that. For some people, that's going to be valuable. Um, I, I wanted to, I took the approach to say, look, worst case, I can reset the exam. If I fail, I can reset the exam. I'm just going to give this a go, doing some studying myself. If I pass, great. If I don't, well, then I might look out for some, for some other help uh, if, if I think I need it. So uh, there are there, there's there's groups that have got practice practice exams that you can go along and do uh, I know from the emails I've had from BT there's a free one I think it's Kaplan's exam that BT uh, I imagine they're sponsoring or something that you can go along and do for free um, with some of the advisors here did that uh, a little while back BT had, had a practice exam on a little while back so there there are so there are practice exams that other people are putting together that they think is probably the style of the exam and then there are people that are offering to run courses and schedule groups and all of that kind of stuff. Um, I think Kaplan coming out with a, a course. A course, yeah. Yeah. So some people might think that they need that and, other, and others don't, so that's up to the individual to work out. Um, yeah, and so... And on the exam itself, did you find that um, uh, there, was, there was much around the FASIA standards? Like, were they interested in you know examining anything around what your CBD obligations are going forward, what your um, you know um, anything around the professional year or anything like that? Is that kind of just quarantine? So that so that's all in the recommended reading. Yeah. So I would imagine there'll be questions about that. Okay. Um, to be honest I can't remember if I had any questions on it. But it's all in the recommended reading so I'm sure some in some version of the exam <laughs> it'll be there. So with the multiple choices, were there yeah. many ways two, two of the uh, answers could have been, you know, you know like one could yeah. be one way, is it one uh, or is it clear cut? Uh, there were a few where I was questioning it, yeah. yeah. So there's, there's some that I went through, and whether I read the question right or not, but I went through and it's like, I think that's clearly the answer, move on. So it took me 15 seconds to answer a question and, and, and I moved on. But then there's some that I left and came back to, and like I might have pulled up some of those those resources that, that that they gave, and went went through that and thought, you know what, I still can't work out what the answer is. I'll move on and then come back to it. Um, but yeah, it's a because the system allows you to mark what you want to come back to. Is that right? Yeah, there's a way. I couldn't work out how to mark it, but yeah. it's it's clear where you haven't answered the question. Right. And at the very least, I, t I did the old classic, you know, write down 56 on my piece of paper. So I know I've got to go back to question 56 before yeah. I leave. So I did that just to yeah. be sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's, uh, there's people roaming around. Um, to yeah, yeah. Um, so they help, you know, help. There was, a, there was a guy in front of me that had some, some trouble getting into the system in the first place. So one of the ladies came over and helped him get into the system. Uh, and, and work your way Stop through. The clock. <laughs> no, well, so they all, all of that's done pre-reading time. So they, they they read out they read out this kind of list of instructions and say log everyone log in now and stop. And then it's like, okay everyone now press this button stop 
everyone now press this button so that everyone is up to that reading time screen and ready to press go all at the same time when they when they when they start the clock. Can I provide feedback around your results? Like, are there any questions? Okay, is this just going to be a simple pass? I think it's just pass or fail. Yeah, I'm sure they'll I'm sure they'll publish like a some some stats on it. I would have thought, given it's the first round and people will be asking for it for sure. So to say these many people passed and these many people failed, whether they go to the detail and say, look, I'm, I'm, most people struggled with this type of question, that would be helpful, but I don't know if they'll, if they'll do that. Um, yeah. Were all the, uh, with the case studies, are all the, answer, all the questions equally weighted in terms of score, or is there one with more sub-questions or so Yeah, some had more questions than others, okay. uh, and some, some didn't have a, like a, a short answer question. It's like a multiple choice is all just one point. So you might have had one case study and four multiple choice questions and then you move on to the next the next kind of slab of text or a extract or whatever it was. And with yeah. the ones with related to the legislation, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing the, the, the way that the answers that they want is where to find the specific legislation which applies to the situation or what's the format that they It's not, not so much to say where do you find it, it's more what is what is the what is the answer? What is the rule? So so this has happened. Um, what have, what section have they contravened? Or um, yeah, things along things to that to that. So not not so much where do you find the answer or where to go looking for it. It's what is the answer? So there's they so they, they question. yeah they the yeah they'll expect you to be able to f they'll either direct you to to it yeah. to a certain section. Or, or um, expect you to know where to find the answer. So they just they'll ask a question, and then you'll need to know whether it's in the Code of Ethics or whether it's in the Corporations Act. Or oh. Yeah. So. Is every answer one point? Uh, I think all of the multiple choice were worth one point, and then the short answer were worth two. So it'll say, you know, give me what are two questions as a result of this. And you put two answers in the box. Type type two answers into the box. Yeah. So in the um, in the end, do everyone get their scores, or it's just a pass or fail? Yeah, pass or fail. Okay. Yep. So you don't know how well you did. So it's it, it's just pass or fail, um, and they there's there's n there's nothing to say uh, how many questions you need to get right to qualify for a pass. Yeah, I think I think the very last question on their frequently asked questions list is, what do you need to, what do you need to pass? And they yeah. and they, there's no answer. <laughs> so if you do fail, you can ask to be reassessed. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't know the I don't know, but from the my interpretation of reading their frequently asked questions and things that there's going to be some standardisation somewhere. I read, it's marked to a credit average. Whatever a credit average means, I have no idea. Sure that people in, but it's marked towards a credit average, so that leads me to think there's some type of standardisation. So then, then uh, by default, a certain number of people need to pass, and a certain number of people need to fail. Correct. And if you happen to have, if you happen to have sat a sitting of an exam where everyone's an absolute gun and got actually got 99% of the questions right, but you didn't, you might be the the, the unlucky one that gets a fail. Maybe I'd look at that. I don't know. 
they got different versions. There'll be different versions um, for sure. There's something, uh, like an article recently, um, that basically saying for the same week period there were different exams mm. across the cities. So basically ACER are running a question bank that they'll just rotate through. Um, so the same same uh, flavour, yeah. but different details. And I think that's why you'll have more or less questions. So, so say they've got three hundred questions, and then you you're randomly allocated a, a sample of the from that three hundred questions. Some of them naturally are going to be easier than others, and then so they therefore give you more questions, and then in turn it has to be standardised because it's not fair if someone had easy questions versus someone that had hard questions. But yeah. So, and, and so whether the guy sitting next to me had the same exam as me or if everyone in the room had just some random selection of questions from this bank, I've got no idea. Who no are idea. the SSs? Is it computer? Well, the computer will answer the multiple choice questions. So as soon as I pressed finish, I would have known how many of the multiple choice questions I got right or wrong. Yes. The, so that's the slides that I had. You've asked a few questions along the way. Um, if anyone's got anything more, by all means, shoot. How is it? How is it different from the past versions? Did this format or type of exam come about only after or during the Royal Commission? Mm. Oh, it's multiple. It's been plenty of multiple choice and short answer exams. It's not that's that's nothing new. I think this was in train well before the Royal Commission too. So, if you had your time again, yeah, would you focus on any particular one of the three areas or a couple of the three areas more so than the other? Uh, those regulatory guides yeah. that we spoke about earlier. Yeah, uh, I got through most of. Whichever one it was, you'll you'll quickly see it. There's one that's, that's not part of the. Uh, wasn't on the list. No, it's not. No. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. So the regulatory guides. Yeah. Okay. I'm, right. I'm thankful that I read the one that I did. Yeah. The, one of the mornings here, in, in the, the the Friday, Monday morning. So I did the very last sitting on the Monday. There would have been maybe forty people, I think, in my sitting yeah. from someone that, that I was talking to one of his colleagues did the very first sitting on the Friday morning and there was hardly anyone there so there were six people in the waiting room to sit the exam more people showed up but there was only six people in the waiting room so it was pretty small numbers early on yeah yeah look I didn't know I didn't know about it I knew it was coming up but I hadn't bothered to look at it until there was an FPA event on across the road at one of the hotels few weeks back and and they were talking about it there and I, I came back from that and registered I might as well give it a go. Yeah. Um, so you kind of went in cold turkey and really Well I did so I did probably six or seven hours worth of reading of the the the, the, the recommended reading so I just downloaded all of the PDFs had them on my iPad I was reading them on the train to and from work for a few weeks leading up to it uh, and then the Friday and then over the weekend before the Monday that I sat the exam, I spent a few hours each day getting through the the reading list. So I, I got through all of the recommended reading. I didn't read the Corporations Act. I would read the table of contents, but I didn't read the 600-odd pages of the, the two extracts of the Corporations Act. Uh, 
Um, you can also subscribe on the FASIA website to get notifications of releases of information and so forth, which is pretty handy. Because otherwise, yeah, yeah. you can be in the dark pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah if, you don't go, if you don't go looking for it. Maybe a million is if you want. Yeah, now they're shopping. Oh, but they're inundated, you can imagine. That will be. Yeah. So like I don't if you take anything from today, look at that stuff that they've that they've provided already. The the guide to preparing for the exam with all the recommended reading and just start looking at that, even if you're not contemplating sitting the exam in the very next sitting. But following from that I'd also encourage you to sit the exam as soon as possible. Just in case you've got to do a reset. Before the end of this year. Yeah, I'd, I'd, you look. If I hadn't sat it already, I'd be yeah. doing it in the next one of the next two. So there's only two sittings. There's only two sittings for this year, and they haven't provided times for the next. So I don't, I wouldn't want to be spending the kind of Christmas New Year period yeah, studying to try and do an exam in January or February whenever that first one is. So I'd rather just get it over and done with okay. now. And if you pass, fantastic. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah. With the written answers, because they're more subjective, who are the assessors? Are they from the industry? There's industry, yeah. Oh, There's right. some, some lecturers and some uh, people with 20, 30 years industry experience. There's a panel of them. Oh, I see. Do you think the, the way they read the answers is to get gauge the, um, your, your own approach and, and your ideas as, as the yeah. Each, each assessor is briefed about the way that questions should be handled and even when they're given a bunch of papers they actually moderate together afterward so that nobody's, you know, you might have a soft marker versus a really harsh one they try to bring that all into a, a level playing field so no one person kind of gets to just put their own mandate on it um, And that's why it takes six